Hello and welcome to Boom Goddess Radio. I'm here with Dr. Andrea Gould Marks and Jennifer Davis Page. And as promised in our part one segment titled Women in Politics, we're digging even deeper into the makings of what it means to get politically involved and why it's particularly relevant in these difficult times that our country finds itself in. In our last episode, we talked extensively with Marla Mott-Smith, the master brain engineer behind CAP, C-A-P, which stands for Candidate Accountability Programs. And today we have the great pleasure of talking with Marla again and Catherine Davis, who is eager to actually dip her feet into the political arena. It's not often that we get the expert in the field talking directly with a guest who's actually embarking on a new path in her life. Welcome, Catherine and Marla. It's so good to talk to you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we'd like to begin a little bit uh, with Catherine. If you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and uh, so that our listeners just know a little bit about you. Um, well, hi, I'm, my name is Catherine Davis, and I currently reside here in Tucson, Arizona. And I have been in higher education for probably about 22 years now as an administrator, counselor, working with students, um, running an academic center, satellite campus. I've done all sorts of things working with military and veteran students. Um, and you know, it's probably gonna be my career path until I retire, but I do also have an interest in politics. I've probably been interested in politics for about 20 years. Um, back in 2000, I remember I was talking about the political race and my aunt Jennifer Davis Page said, you know, why don't you go volunteer for the Democratic National Convention? Because at the time I was living in San Diego and the DNC was going to be in Los Angeles. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So I, you know, did what I had to do and went online, got some information to volunteer and I volunteered um, and it was a great experience. And so ever since then, I've really just been you know, more and more interested in politics over the years. Never really thought about running until, you know, I, I, I'm kind of inspired by just seeing everything, the change that's happening and all of the women that have been elected recently. And so I'm just like, you know, that's probably something that I could do, you know, to make a difference, you know, to make a difference in my community and make a difference for my country, you know, whatever it is, just to kind of, just to be out there and to be involved. You just have to just, get into things as opposed to just sitting on the sidelines and complaining about stuff. I think that that's the key. Uh, for me personally is I just feel that if I dislike something enough, it's up to me to do something about it. So uh, Catherine, I think all your reasons for getting involved are right on. Do you have a particular passion or something you want to focus on? Do you have a, a particular cause? Um, probably it would be higher education. It would probably be the state of higher education today, funding for higher education, financial aid funding, you know, student loans. Like I still have student loans and I'm just like, ah, you know, it, it, it's, it's sometimes you feel like all of those things take over your world 
and your student loans are like more than a mortgage of a house in some yeah. states. And so those are the things that I'm most passionate about. Like, why is it like that? And then you get out of college and then you get a job, you know, making $40,000 a year, but you're expected to pay back this astronomical amount of money. And so those are some of the things that I'm mostly interested in. And are you saying starting at the very local level? I heard, we heard in the first episode, Marla talk a little bit about running for the school board. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a path that you're thinking of embarking on or? Um, I don't know, you know, I, not really necessarily the school board, but I, I, I don't know, I haven't given it that much thought as to you know, as to the, I, I, I think that with your passion, you might want to start at a higher level, maybe state school board. Is there a state school board here or someplace where you can um, really see the impact or even uh, a local? I don't know. We, You and I would just kind of have to examine together what might work best for your education very well right. and where that would best serve your community. Right. Well, I have a question. Uh, if Catherine's living in Arizona right now, but her, she really wants it to be in the heart of the country, which is back east. All right. Now, can you tell me how long does a person have to live in a city, in a community before they should throw their hat in the ring politically? I think that that's, uh, that that's an excellent question. I think you definitely have to understand your community. Absolutely. 20 years ago, I was a stranger in a strange land. Uh, really because of the uh, dominant uh, religion there. It's a very, very different place to live. It took me a long time to navigate that. I'm not saying it would take you that long, but it did me. And to build up, I moved there not knowing anyone. And to, so to build up that community and to get involved. And and um, I was in business there for a long time. So it, it, it took me that, that, but I'm sure there are shortcuts and I'm sure you can figure those out. The main yeah, thing, I'm, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I'm not sure where I want to move. You know, I'm, sometimes I think about moving back to my hometown. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. So, you know, that I, you know, familiar with, and I'd probably be extremely passionate about a lot more things there because, you know, that's where I grew up. That is my yes. community. But if I moved somewhere else, I'd probably, yeah, definitely get established, you know, for a couple of years, get to learn, you know, the lay of the land before, and then maybe, um, you know, like you said, a school board, like I know I work for Pima Community College here in Tucson, and I know that the community college has a board. So maybe that might be a good start for me is getting on a community college board somewhere else, you know, where I'm moving to, and then maybe just kind of seeing what's out there. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're asking yourself, where are you likeliest to make maximum impact given the skills and the passions that you have. And just side note, um, Arizona, be that as it may, is a state that really needs help in education. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, representing higher education or the process, the very process that you've been involved in, which is when you got, when somebody is a student, they're becoming Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're lucky to have exposure to you in the, you know, while they're becoming. We need help with helping beco- helping people become who they are meant to be. It's, it, we need that efficiency. We don't have enough of that from the very beginning. So a pivotal place to apply your skills is really a juicy 
it's a juicy, active question to live through. And, uh, and I believe I just heard you do a pitch for Catherine staying in Arizona. Was that accurate? Actually, it was. Okay. Understanding the state of education in Arizona. Right, right. right. Unlike, unlike some of us, Catherine wants to move back east. She wants snow and ice. She wants, I don't understand it, but that's what she loves. She loves, she loves the four seasons, and she wants to go back to the east coast or, and, um, and I'd love, I'd love to see her land in Washington, D.C., even, yes. even working for the government in, in our next administration. That, Wouldn't that, that be so cool? That, that's a, a great place to start, to be appointed to an office, or even to uh, hook up with a candidate and help their campaign. Uh, that exposes mm. you to so much mm. and, and trains you. How about that being introduced to Elizabeth Warren? How about like a personal introduction? She would know where exactly you would fit in the new administration. Do you have contact with Elizabeth Warren? Andrew? Do I know? No. Oh. <laughs> no. I, I thought you could make a call. That's why. Yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> you just keep putting it out there. Somebody would, especially somebody back east. Well, I love to network, and my guest tomorrow on the uh, Candidate Accountability Programs is a national consultant, political consultant. Mostly, he has consulted with Republicans, but he, uh, presidential campaigns, senatorial campaigns, and all. So sit tight, Catherine. Let's see what happens oh. here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I can, if Joe Hunter proves to be someone that uh, can mentor and give a boost, we've got a connection. We're not looking... We're not looking to change parties now, Marlo, okay? No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to convince no, no. no. I, I, you know, um, I'm going to say this, and you can edit it out, but I think many political consultants are whores. <laughs> they know where they're being paid, and that doesn't mean that they don't believe in the cause that they're supporting. So, again, you I like to kind of think in the middle. Yeah. And I think that also it's, it's really important. This is the whole illustration of that Margaret Mead quote that you chose, Bibi, at the beginning of the first episode, which is never doubt that a small group of people can change the world. Even just here, there's five of us. We're mapping a path for this young woman, and we're all tickled to do it. <laughs> well, we're, we're certainly opening up a lot of possibilities, and I think that it's important that we live in possibility. Absolutely. Uh, right? Is that a perfect uh, statement? It's just the perfect uh, position to have to live in possibilities because that implies hope, right? And we are fueled by hope when things aren't going quite right along, you know, our pandemic and politics and the strife and all of that. Hope is what unites us. And how could anyone dispute the value of hope, right? That's where our common thread lies. And I think what Catherine has been talking about is getting into office and getting her feet wet. She's hopeful that she can make a difference. I feel like her hands. Her hands need to get in there. Yeah, and and I, I, I like to say I think it goes beyond hope. There's hope, definitely. We all have to have that. But when you expand that into possibilities, then you can pick something and go for it. Uh, we were also impressed with the midterm elections. And some of the women that ran 
had never had never been in politics, but they just got very pissed off with what was going on in their district. Uh -huh. And they decided to throw their hat in the ring. And guess what? A lot of them won. Right. So, so I wanted, I want like Catherine, uh, you know, I would really like to see her in Congress. I know she's tired of me hearing me say that to her, but I think she would be an important voice in Congress. And, and we just need to see what district, where she's going to be, but I think her voice is necessary. And other voices of women like her. Yes, we're looking at AOC, and uh, I just had uh, a candidate in one of my groups that ran for the first congressional district in Utah, hugely, hugely conservative and Republican. She ran as a progressive. No one in Utah gets any place as a progressive, so she had primary. She lost the primary by about 400 votes. I mean, it's amazing what she accomplished. Wow. But you see wow. how important every vote, vote is. Every vote is. People stay home because they say, well, I'm only one vote, it won't matter. But see, 400 people could have come out and she would have won. Yes, but that would have been a phenomenal upset. Yeah, and so our biggest job is to shift the consciousness right now. And I think it's happening that people aren't necessarily apathetic. Look what it took for people not to be apathetic. I think there's less apathetic, a percentage less apathy because people are activated. Either they're horrified or they are happy or they feel righteously about something. But it's happening that there's, there is a shift for inclusiveness happening. People want to make a difference, particularly, let's talk about this, the younger age group, millennial and younger, who really are, I think they need a little bit more guidance about being idealistic, but they're that. Okay, we're getting the signal to come in for a landing. I'm in for a landing. Well, we, we have a, we have a, a few seconds left. Um, this has been a fascinating segment and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like you to stay tuned for part two of this political discussion. Everyone. So this is B.B. Peters with Boom Goddess Radio, and with me we have Dr. Andrea Gould-Marks and Jennifer Davis-Page, and we're talking to two fascinating guests, Marla Mott-Smith and Katherine Davis, who's looking at the possibility, at the potential of getting her feet wet by entering the political arena. Let me just read a little quote. We were talking about women um, in politics. This is Melinda Gates writing in this month's issue of Vogue magazine. And she says, why is women's leadership so transformative? Right? We ask that question often. And she says, it's not that women are necessarily better leaders than men although certainly they sometimes are, nor is it that women have different answers to the big questions facing society, although the evidence suggests they sometimes do. 
It is because women view the world through a different lens. So they ask different questions in the first place. And that is so true, right? Ladies, so true to what we were saying before <clears throat> that when Marla was talking and when Catherine was talking, um, they want to bring their own uh, nurturing, their own understanding, their own capacity to heal the world world, heal the community, bring value to it. And we're so delighted that both of you are here. And I know that Catherine has a number of questions for Marla. So let's begin with that, Catherine. What would you like to know from our miracle candidate maker, Marla? <laughs> well, one of the questions I had um, was, um, it was about the fund. I had many questions. I guess I can start with the first one. Is can you tell me about like how does one just from the like from step one go about starting a career in politics? What is the first thing that you do? The, I, the first thing to do is to examine yourself and your reasons, and look at your network uh, around you. Uh, we should say pick uh, uh, pick a spot. Pick what you want to do. That should be driven by your passion. And you've, I think, uh, in the last segment, gone into those. Education is, is your passion. And take a deep breath and dive in. Uh, surround you with people who have been in politics, who mentor you. Um, you that, I think that's, that's very important. I was lucky to have that. I was lucky to have um, Utah people who had been involved in many campaigns. Now you have to realize in Utah, Democrats don't win campaigns. <laughs> so not, not a lot of them had had a lot of success, but they knew the steps, they knew the, the ropes, and that was very, very helpful. Okay. And then another question is, do you recommend like going to work on a campaign just to kind of see, you know, all of the makings and the inner trappings of a campaign to kind of know what I'd be getting myself into. <laughs> I, I think, I think, yes, definitely, definitely. Because you pick the right candidate and you'll be mentored by that candidate. You'll help that candidate get elected. Uh, you'll learn so much. Uh, I had been involved in some campaigns, but kind of in a light way over the years, uh, it would have helped me more if I had, uh, had a little more background, I think. Okay. And then also about um, fundraising, which you kind of talked about in the first part, you know, how do you take that first step towards fundraising? Do you put your own money in and then how much does it typically take depending on which kind of race you're, you know, attempting to enter? Yes. Good question. I know some candidates that have put very little in because they have very little. So the first thing you want to do is call your mother, your father, your aunt, whoever is close to you and, and beg. That's what you're doing. It, we don't call it that. We call it the ask. So you want to be able to perfect the ask. Um, I um, did emails. I did uh, Facebook Messenger. Uh, I did all kinds. I did phone calls. Um, most people want to hear from the candidate personally. Mm -hmm. and to kind of perfect your ask and make it natural. Uh, you're going to have a script. You, we have scripts for everything, but the script is just there as a guidance and you want to be natural and you want to perfect your actor skills so that you can be uh, 
uh, let's see, how do I want to phrase this? So that you can put yourself in someone's shoes and show empathy and then show why they should, should support you. Okay. And then what made you want to kind of, you know, you're almost kind of like a candidate maker. Like, I don't know if you ever watched the show Scandal. You're almost kind of like the Olivia Pope, you know, making candidates. Like what made you want to get into what you're doing right now? Uh, what made me want to be a candidate first was my uh, passion, uh, my dislike for the administration. And I, you know, I just felt that we were, our, our country was not going to go in, in a right way. Um, and what uh, drove me to start candidate accountability programs was the fact that I want, I'm at a stage in life where mentoring is probably up at the top of the list. Hey, Ladies, I'm a bossy bitch. I grew up, I grew up the head of uh, the oldest of four daughters, and uh, and I, I I can be bossy. I'm going to temper that by saying I want to guide. I want to share my knowledge and yet give people their heads, look at their talents, and just say, "Go for it, girl. Go, you go, girl." That's what it's about. Or guy, but mainly girls right now, women. That's fantastic. That's, I already just feel so inspired just sitting here today having this conversation with you because I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm a boss ass bitch too. Yeah, let's go, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> but that's how I feel a lot of the times. And so I, I can relate to that definitely of wanting to just get in there, you know, and there's been situations where I've been like the only woman on a team where I've had to do certain things or the only black woman on a team, Yes. you know, and you just have to go in there and just, you know, stand your ground and, and, you know, stand up for yourself and what you believe in and just go for it. And I've been pretty successful throughout my career because of that. So, well, I, you sound like a leader and that's what it takes to do politics. You have to be a leader. And we touched on it earlier. You have to have an ego and yet you have to have humility. And many of, of uh, the decisions, <laughs> when we look at them, they don't have that humility. And, and another thing that I'm going to bring up here that, you know, you hear all these candidates talking about fight, 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 fight. That disturbs me. Let's find a different way to describe a race. It doesn't mean right. that you can't use it occasionally, but that fight, 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 it turns me off. That's yeah. not life. Andrea, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, you know, the thing is that when you're running and you're getting, we've all witnessed this, you're educating. You're shining light on the possibilities, on the imagination. It could be a different way. And that's an educational process at its basis. You know, I mean, Elizabeth here, I'm just talking about Elizabeth Warren. I mean, she got up there and she taught and she can't do anything but be who she is. Yeah. But when you think about it, you're an educator and you would educate too. So your platform would be very easy for you, relatively speaking, and you don't have to do it by yourself, but be really easy for you to craft because of all that experience, what are you going to do with it? Might as well put it out into the public. And let's talk about platform for a minute because we our platforms have to be broad in a sense and narrow in a sense. So I find that candidates who have um, a, a platform like their party does, which goes on for pages, is kind of self-defeating. So pick four or five things and go for those and flush them out and talk about those. And what about, I mean, can you survive? How do you get paid? How much is it? Uh, at what 
level, uh, let's say you are chosen to be the winner of the race. Well, we'll, where will the money come from to pay you to sustain your life? Well, looking at Congress, the the pay is $179,000 a year. That's not a lot. No. And uh, and there are expenses, and, and you get you actually get some extra funds for staff and that sort of thing. But if you want to get rich, stay away from politics. If you're honest, if you're an honest person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when you get involved on the local level, school boards, uh, state legislatures, they get barely meet expenses. Is is the way to look at that. You're you're giving back to the community. It's what you're doing. And then, you know, you might be able to progress from a local office to a state office to a national office. And as you go up, your compensation increases. It takes more money to get elected. It's kind of a circle. So, and since we're talking about, you know, uh, before election time, and one of our goals, one of our boom goddess goals is to ignite everyone's uh, motion of getting out the vote, right? So we want to talk a little bit about that. So let me ask each one of you, please, why do you think it's important to vote? And let's start with our guests, Catherine. Why do you think it's important to go out there and vote? Well, I mean, it's like my aunt said, every vote counts and you can't sit home. I think about all of the people that came before me that died for the right you know, for to vote as a woman and as a black woman that my mother raised me as, as soon as I turned 18, she educated me on the entire process and told me that I need to vote every single year because my voice counts, it matters. But if you want to make change, but like I said, you can't sit on the sidelines, complain about stuff, and then you don't go and vote. So it's very important to vote. And I always encourage, you know, young people, a lot of my students to make sure that they register as a vote as well. I just learned recently that black women have been the pillar of the Democratic Party for years. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, uh, you know, how do you answer someone that says, well, I don't vote because it doesn't matter? Uh, and I think the answer is to ask them questions. Why do you think it doesn't matter? Explore uh, right. where this mindset comes from. I find the same kind of tactic helps when you're talking to someone with the opposite party is don't get mad, have a conversation. And I know that you can find common ground someplace. It's just happens. So uh, why do you feel that way that your vote doesn't count? And Jennifer, and how about you? Why do you think it's important to go out and vote? Well, as an African-American woman, you know, as I said earlier in the history of this, that we didn't have the right to vote until 50 years after white women had the right to vote. So it's for, for our community, it's, it's vitally important. And I, I can't tell you what a thrill it was for me to have uh, Joe Biden select Kamala Harris as his vice presidential running mate. And for all the black men and women that know the history, the civil rights, how hard it was for us to even get the opportunity to vote, um, you, you have to get out there and do it. I mean, there's no excuse. And any, any young people that tell me that they're not gonna vote, I really take them to task on this. Good for you. The woman it, it, that is my contact is hope at voterize.org. 
and uh, it says become a voterized 2020 challenge ambassador. So it's recruiting a thousand women and allies as ambassadors to each commit to registering 20 women. Terrific. 20,000 potential female voters to give women a stronger voice with the issues. That's terrific for joining us. I want to thank Catherine for joining us. And I'm hoping that, that all of the information that was given today by Marla about how to participate has, has made other young men and women think about uh, getting into politics and making a difference. Support for this program comes from AARP Arizona whose mission for over 60 years has been to empower people to choose how we live as we age. For more information about AARP Arizona, go to www.aarp.org forward slash AZ. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com, and follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.